"'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the feed, we were feeling the holiday spirit indeed. In a world of business, a question takes flight. What's your prerogative for gifting that's just right? Is it personalized, with thought and with care, or last-minute choices, a gift-giving affair? Join us this episode, A Festive Delight, as we unwrap the secrets of business gifting tonight. bosses are you working even after putting the kids to bed but still not getting results are you tired of spending money on ads that aren't getting engagement do you feel burdened that you aren't fulfilling your purpose in life because you are so consumed with work i'm your host Brooke Boltz. I'm an attorney and founder of Boltz Legal. I started my business and in one year was bringing in seven figures and am now bringing in multi seven figures. And I'm your co-host Rachel Boltz, owner of Boltz Media. I've helped many businesses build their online presence and increase their revenue through digital marketing. Want to hear how we did it? We are here to help you achieve your goals personally, professionally, and spiritually. So kick off your high heels. Sit back and let's ignite that passion. We're Miss Biz, where we're putting the Miss in Biz. Let's get Biz done. According to Chet Holmes, author of The Ultimate Sales Machine, strategic business gifting is the fastest, least expensive method for doubling sales. This one strategy has doubled the sales of more companies than any other strategy. His book tells a story of Johan Nagira. Johan invested $13 into four gifts for his dream prospects. He had 1,000 prospects on his list. It cost him $13,000 for the gifts plus shipping, which frankly shipping might have cost as much as the gifts. Mm -hmm. But it ended up generating him $9 million. Holy moly. That's an excellent return on investment. And one of the reasons that business gifting is so effective is the rule of reciprocity. So this rule states that we should try to repay what another person has given us most of the time. Um, when someone sends us a present, remembers our birthday, or even does us a favor, we naturally feel obligated to return the favor. And I don't even think that it's necessarily that they feel obligated I feel like they want to because you did something nice and thoughtful for them an example of this in my personal life is last year for Christmas one of my friends gave me a Christmas gift and I didn't expect it and so I didn't have a gift to give to her and I felt terrible so you better believe this year Months before her birthday and Christmas, I was planning and thinking of what gift I could give her that she would appreciate and enjoy. It was game on. <laughs> so I, I think that theory of reciprocity was happening even without my me being aware of it. I just felt like I received something and I wanted to give back. Humans dislike feeling like they owe something. So often a tiny gift or a little favor will elicit a larger uh, response. 
there's a study from Cornell University that showed, and this is in the Giftology book by John Rulin, the study found that customers who were given a small piece of chocolate with their check tipped more than those who were not given chocolate. They concluded that it was most likely the desire to reciprocate the kind gesture that inspired the bigger tip. I wonder if that's why they do that at Olive Garden. You know how they give like the little Andes mints? I would be curious to know the history of that and how it got started. But I know when I worked at Denny's, what I would do is, especially if they were repeat customers, I would write a little note on the receipt and I would say, thanks for coming to see me again. Um, can't wait to see you, you know, next next time. Um, and it seemed to be highly effective because because it just kind of tied in the whole experience for them with like the icing on the cake at the end to, you know, to let them know that I really appreciated them coming to see me. And that reminds me of the second reason why business gifting is so effective is because it represents the value of the relationship. Even with your customers as a waitress, by you writing them a little handwritten note, show them that you valued them, mm -hmm. that you cared about them. And that's what gifting does. It represents the value to them. And that's that's why if you're a wife and your husband gives you something that you don't like that you get so upset about it <laughs> because it represents the value of the relationship so if they don't put a lot of thought into it or they don't um, try to, to try to find something that you like my dad my dad is great at giving my mom things that he wants her to have <laughs> like a new vacuum or you know something she can cook with or something like he's always giving her things that she can do housework with that's hilarious and my mom is super she likes those things so she's fine with it but some women will get upset yeah, they would be very mad <laughs> yeah i've i've certainly gotten upset before um in past relationships when someone gave me something and i didn't feel like they really put in the effort or it was just something they rushed to the store and grabbed because they didn't know what else to get so it does it represents the value of your relationship and that's why it is so valuable to building business relationships. Business gifting helps to create those raving fans. And one raving fan is worth more than a hundred satisfied customer. A raving fan is going to tell everyone that they know about you. Whereas a satisfied customer, they probably won't tell anyone about you because it's business as usual. So it also, the fourth thing that business gifting does is it opens doors. There's a story in the Giftology book about a prospect that John Rulin had been trying to meet with for 18 months. That's a long time. Yeah. That, I mean, that is persistence. I, I think I might've given up at That's that like point. That's like two babies, yeah. two babies long, <laughs> two, two pregnancies. <laughs> so for 18 months, he'd been trying to get a meeting with this person and he continuously got no response. So then he researched and found that this person was a college sports fan. And so he hired a custom furniture company to engrave the college mascot of this guy's team and the fight song onto a 50 inch long 60 pound piece of cherry wood 
and he sent that to the person. And within 24 hours, the assistant called to schedule a meeting. That is just going above and beyond, like just going all out to impress. And it shows the impact that just by putting a lot of thought, because I mean, he had to do a lot of research um, and go through a lot of different steps to have that custom made for him. So just by doing that, it showed the recipient just the value that this person had placed on just getting getting that meeting. Um, so I love, I love this story. Now, we often think about business gifting in terms of our customers, the customers that we have right now. But business gifting can be beneficial to not only your current clients, but also your past clients, your prospective clients, your uh, prospective referral partners. Those are the people that can send you repeat customers. Um, even your employees, your employees are some of your biggest advocate. They're, they're your walking billboard. So you can give gifts to them um, to help solidify the relationship that you already have with them. And then you can also give gifts to your Dream 100. The Dream 100 is a term that comes from the Ultimate Sales Machine book. And it is your 100 people or businesses who are your dream clients. And so you make this list. It doesn't have to be 100. He recommends 100 and that's what he utilizes. It could be less. It could be more just depending on the size of your business. But the key is your intentionality of going through and making the list of the people you want to gift. And where do you find the names to put on that list? Well, first you want to go through your existing client database or your CRM and look for those people who you really appreciated and you really want to build a greater relationship with. You also can look at your social media followers, those people who share all your posts, who comment all the time. Those are great people to add to your Dream 100 list. Also, if you don't know the names of people, but you know the profession or the type of person you're looking for, you can Google to find names. So for example, if you want to reach out to mortgage brokers, you can go and Google to see who are the best ones in your geographic area, who's got the most reviews and how impactful are those reviews and add them to your Dream 100 list. You could also just look at news feeds and see who's being recognized in the media are there articles out there about some of these influential or high profile uh, business owners that you may wanna add on your Dream 100 list? And then finally, you can just ask the people you know, who do you think would be a great dream client for me? And, and write them down, whatever they recommend, if you agree with it. If you enjoy the Miss Biz podcast, but still have questions or need advice, we have some exciting news for you. Join us for Miss Biz Connects. Miss Biz Connects is a weekly one hour Zoom call on Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is one hour each week dedicated to you. We want to meet you and put our brains together to help you grow personally, professionally, and spiritually. To access the meeting link, 
think, visit us on our social media pages at Miss Biz Podcast or send us an email to MissBizPod at gmail.com. Join us this Friday and let's grow the Miss Biz Nation. So creating the Dream 100 is step one to figuring out who you want to send gifts to. And these are good ways to make your list. So now that we know who to send gifts to, the next important factor to consider is when to send these gifts. The recipient will appreciate the gift more if it comes as a surprise. So for example, if I tell you that I'm going to bring over a pizza for dinner next Tuesday night, in your mind, you might start thinking, well, I hope it's not Domino's. I really don't like Domino's and I'm also on a gluten-free diet right now and I, I hope that it has gluten-free crust before it's even happened you have outlined in your mind a list of expectations and if any of those expectations aren't met you're going to be disappointed or you could be disappointed but if I were to just show up on a Tuesday night with a pizza you'd be overjoyed even if it was from Domino's and had gluten you would be appreciative because it was something that you weren't expecting it was a surprise so send your gifts to people when they're not expecting it and people expect gifts at Christmas or birthdays so send your gift virtually any other time of the year and the recipient is likely to be surprised so how often should you be sending gifts well, it's not a one and done approach. Although I have had great results even with just sending one gift. So you will get a positive response many times with just sending one gift, but the theory and strategy behind business gifting is it's not a one and done, that it's a part of that relationship building experience. So John Rulin of Giftology says that you want to shock and awe a person enough times for them to say, wow, this person is persistent. She must really want to talk to me. And that sometimes has to be done with strategic gifting two, three, or even four times, especially depending on how high profile of a person you are reaching out to. So there's some different theories among the two books we're talking about today, The Ultimate Sales Machine and Giftology. The Rulin book, Giftology, says give less often, but spend more money per gift. And Chet Holmes in Ultimate Sales Machine says give more often, but spend less. So my personal opinion is if I'm sending to the same person on an ongoing basis, I think quarterly is a good cadence to send to. Now I send gifts every month to the new clients that came into my business from the prior month. So I'm sending gifts every month and I'm also sending gifts every month to cases that settled at the end of their case. So I'm sending gifts all the time every month, but if I'm sending gifts to the same person, I think quarterly is a good time frame to send them. And this can also include your dream 100 prospects to send those gifts uh, quarterly as well. 
um, because it's something that they're you know they're not they're not expecting it um, especially if you do it as a surprise also your employees um, it's recommended to send them a gift right when they're hired um, also after their first 90 days and each year during their anniversary so you want to create a gifting calendar so you you make your list of who you want to gift throughout the year and this is really timely this episode because we're it's going to air right at the beginning of 2024 and you're in the perfect position to be planning for the year so but even if you're listening to this mid-year it's never too late to start sit down get out the calendar and start putting down dates of who you want to gift and what you want to gift and they call it, John Rulin calls it planned randomness. So to the recipient, it feels random. It feels like a surprise, but it's actually very planned because you are being very intentional and strategic about what you're sending and when you're sen- sending it. So if you get the calendar out, you can plan ahead and you can put those people on the list of, uh, on the, the month that you want to send and write down what gift you're going to buy and you can look at that in advance to make sure you're ordering the gifts ahead of time and having a plan in place to package and ship them etc so um you put your clients on there that you may be sending to them monthly if you have new clients monthly like i do you can also send to your past clients if you've got hundreds of past clients you're not going to send to every one of them. So you want to create a top fans list. So those are the people who wrote you five-star reviews. Those are the people who've already referred you a new client. Those are the people who follow you on social media and comment. Those are the people who, when you send an email um, update or an email, your your network, your email marketing campaign, they respond uh, on a regular basis. Those are your top fans. Those are the people that you want to put on your calendar and your dream 100 prospects and then your employees. So you, you schedule it all out on your calendar. You pick out your gifts and then you're ready to go and you can just start implementing the process. So there's two different theories on how much you should be spending for these gifts. So the ultimate sales machine says to keep the gifts inexpensive. Expensive gifts, they feel like you're trying to bribe them. Um, and the recipient will smile at the gesture and doesn't feel bribed when it's something that's inexpensive. Um, and many studies have shown that things of relatively low value can trump things that are of high value. Um, and also something to consider is some professions can't accept a gift that is over a certain dollar amount. So that's the theory from Ultimate Sales Machine. Giftology is actually a a little different because Giftology says to ask yourself, what can we buy that is best in class that is within our budget? And they say that most gifts should be in the $100 to $1,000 range. A rule of thumb is to think about what would you pay for a dinner, a round of golf, or tickets to a ball game. So... I think that both of these theories on how much to spend are to be utilized for different types of gifts. So the the inexpensive continuous gift that you send on a on a more 
frequent basis is going to be good to send to your 100 prospects when you're sending a high volume. But the more expensive, less frequent, more intentional, more personalized gifts are who you're going to send to or the amounts you're going to you're going to spend on those smaller quantity, more uh, intentional relationship building prospects. Absolutely. And if the budget is tight, a handwritten note is the next best thing. So I have a friend who is a realtor and I was so touched one day. So she sends me regular handwritten notes all the time or cards. Um, she'll send me pictures in the mail via a postcard or, you know, a letter um, that has, you know, just a synopsis of her different adventures that she's been on. But sometimes she'll also send me little surprises in the mail and she sent me a card that had just a little $1 lottery ticket that you scratch off, right? But the note is what meant so much to me and it just said something as simple as you know with Rachel or with meeting you and having you in my life I feel like I won the lottery thank you for being a valued friend and referral partner and that just really touched me because it was completely random it wasn't my birthday it wasn't any special occasion it's just she thought about me and she took the time to put all of this together and just make my day happier I totally agree with that, and I think that also ties into the notes that you wrote on on your customers' receipts, that just taking that extra time to handwrite anything, I think, is really well-received, especially today when it's so much easier to send an email or a Facebook message or direct message or text message. To sit down and write a handwritten note and send it out uh, is... It's just making a little bit extra effort, and if you can't afford to send a gift with it, a handwritten note definitely goes a long way. So when we're thinking about what to give, the goal is to evoke the emotion surprise and delight. And both books agree that gifts should be useful things that they will want to keep or take home to a spouse or a child. And the best return on investment is something that can be used every day. Yes, so a branded polo, for example, with someone else's logo on it, this is something that is not typically well received um, because that is kind of a reflection of what you want them to have. You want them to represent your business um, while they're out in public. But unless it's a family member, a good friend, or unless you're a famous pop star, you know, people are probably not going to want to wear your your company's logo on there. So you'll you'll notice too if you go to any Goodwill, you'll see racks and racks of polos with other company logos that have been given away. So you want to make sure that you're giving them something that is is for them, personalized for them, not what you want them to have. And with the t-shirts, you know, I will wear somebody else's brand t-shirt to the gym or around the house if it's comfortable and I put it in my drawer. But when it comes time for me to do that spring cleaning and go through my closet, 
and I don't have enough space for everything, those branded shirts are some of the first things to go. So that just kind of represents that they're not personalized. They're not something that uh, was meaningful to me. It was something that was useful for a specific purpose, like being comfortable around the house, but just doesn't have the same emotion tied to it. Um, Another idea that the book talks about, the Giftology book talks about that I think is really great is if you're going to be sending, say, quarterly gifts to kind of have a theme and build upon that theme each time. So he talks about John Ruland was a salesperson for Cutco, which is the the knives that are, they're great knives uh, and they're, they're fairly expensive knives, but you can also engrave them with the, with a name. And so he would buy one knife for someone and then a couple months later send a second knife and then send a third knife and then you know building on the knife set over the course of time so the recipient never knew when another knife was going to come but it was building up to it gave you uh it, it, it the anticipation of it and the excitement of it. You never knew when it was going to happen, but they were great quality things. They weren't, one specific knife wasn't going to break the bank, but if you were to buy them a whole set at once, it would be really expensive. So kind of building on that gift over time, breaking it into bite-sized pieces is, I think, a great idea. I have a a colleague who loves Ariana Grande perfume (laughs) and... I had the idea of sending her, because Ariana Grande has like probably 10 perfumes or so, sending her one perfume and then sending another one uh, a month or two later, just kind of, so at the end of it, she'll have a whole library of Ariana Mm -hmm. Grande perfumes. It's probably something she wouldn't go out and buy for herself that many different perfumes, but she would really enjoy and it's something she will use every day. And it's thoughtful because you had to think about, well, what does she like? And you know that obviously she's expressed this to you in one way or another. So you took the time to build upon that and just really create a relationship with her. So I love that. Um, You know, something else to consider, too, in terms of like having your logo on something, you know, when you're picking out gifts, think about would you go to a wedding and give this to someone because you wouldn't necessarily go to a wedding and give someone a beautiful set of dishes with your name on it right no you would give them something that they wanted so I think having that mindset shift thinking about what they want to receive and not what you want them to have is crucial can you imagine sitting at Christmas dinner with your family and you have these nice dishes and someone's like who is Rachel Bolt? <laughs> Why is her name on all your dishes? It would be weird, right? But that's kind of what we do in business is we put our name on things and send them out to people. And I don't necessarily think that there's no value in promotional products. I actually think promotional products are really great. But I think if you tie it in with something valuable or meaningful, are personalized, that's the best way to do it. So rather than me just sending a bunch of, you know, you know, Bolt's legal stuff to someone, 
I will put in something, one of these more personalized things, and then throw in a pen and an air freshener that say Bolt's Legal on it as well, because those are also useful, they're inexpensive, but there's something a little more special as well that will make them feel valued. Thank you.